What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Tyler and Bush coming at you with the Sunday special, Black Monday. Uh, we are giving you our rapid reaction to all things NFL, the, sun, uh, the morning slate and the afternoon slate. Uh, the, some of our money got torched. If you're a betting man like myself, I absolutely put some faith in the Falcons and they ruined my life. So, uh, Tyler, how are you doing today? Great. Um, I do not bet uh, because I like my money uh, when I do have some. Uh, wearing a party hat. It is my birthday today. It is not on Monday when you're watching this. So don't send me a late happy birthday message. I don't need that. Just because I'm wearing the hat, though, doesn't mean I won't wear it again. I'm a wild card. All right, baby. Let's do some rapid reactions. I'm watching the Cowboys game. They're choking it. I'm loving it. Let's go. Yeah. So we're going to hit the intro and then we'll get into the first game. And you'll probably hear some reaction to us, what's happening in the Cowboys game because it is still going on. But yeah, intro. Boom. All right, so first game I referenced it already. The Atlanta Falcons did some Atlanta Falcons things. Uh, the Chicago Bears 30, Atlanta Falcons 26. Um, big injury news out of this one. Tariq Cohen has um, suffered what is believed to be a, a torn ACL on kind of a dirty play, if you ask me, from what I saw. Uh, another big story in this game is the fact that Mitch Trubisky was benched. Uh, yep. Nick Foles comes in, goes 16 for 29 188 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. He looked to have some pretty good chemistry from with Allen Robinson. I noticed that because I was going up against Allen Robinson in my fantasy uh, matchup this week. So that was fun. Yeah, uh, I think the main point, though, those are two really, really solid ones fantasy-wise, is uh, Atlanta's playing under a new team, uh, a new managed team, uh, hopefully, hopefully already. By the time you're watching this, hopefully you're like, yeah, dude, Dan Quinn's already fired. Like, what are you talking about? So I'm just going to go with the hypothetical situation that he is. So he is fired. Dan Quinn's fired. Um, they got someone else. Just kidding. The Falcons aren't going to fire him because they're stupid. They gave up 20 points in the fourth. They didn't score in the fourth. Like, back-to-back. Matt Ryan didn't complete a pass until, like, two minutes left in the fourth quarter. It's like, this is such a joke. Like, get ever, clear everything out. Like, they've got a clean house. I mean, this is a joke. I mean, it's a nightmare. It, like, get rid of people. Nick Foles dominated. And I get the defense is bad, but, like, they, they often stopped. They couldn't run the ball. Like, I, and when I say they couldn't run the ball, you look at the stat line, it says 14 carries, 80 yards, and a touchdown, 5.7 a carry for Todd Gurley. But that came not when it counted. Like, they couldn't, like, close the game out is what I mean. Like, they couldn't run the ball, run some clock out, get a completion on third down, keep, this, uh, keep the clock going, keep the chains moving. They could not close this game out because they're the Atlanta Falcons. Um, another thing, if you ask Brian Hill, no, he's not a waiver wire pickup. He's, I mean, he's probably going to be only startable if Todd Gurley is injured. So I would say, yes, he's his direct handcuff, but he's not like worthy of like a waiver wire pickup. Uh, Calvin Ridley doesn't get into the end zone for once in his life, but, uh, five receptions for 110 yards on 13 targets for Calvin Ridley. So, I mean, he pretty much came through exactly how we expected with uh, Julio out of this game with a hamstring injury, which, I mean, I'm, didn't sound too serious. He'll probably be back next week. Yeah, um, Gage went down. I feel bad because I told a lot of people to play him. He went down with injuries, so don't come after me. Uh, no, there isn't uh, another guy that they, they're, they'd be willing to go to. I was kind of upset that Hayden Hurst literally had one play. He had yeah, one. Hayden Hurst is making me a little nervous, dude. Like, the fact that he didn't get more than – what three targets in this game when Julio Jones was out of the lineup. And he's honestly like the two touchdowns he's had have saved both of his stat lines because I mean, he would have dropped a donut in this game had it not been for the touchdown today. And then last week we had the big long play, the big long touchdown, and he would have been useless last week as well. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh no. <laughs> they picked it off. Let's go. Oh, they picked it off in the end zone. Wow, Dak almost got – okay, so I'll say we're at six seconds left in the fourth where I'm at. Dak almost went down with the sack. It would have been a great play. He heaves it to the end zone in a huge pile of guys, and it's easily picked off. Ouchies, one and two. That sucks. Yeah. Unfortunate if you are a Dallas Cowboys fan, which we all know. Oh, yeah, nice pick. I just saw it. I'm a little behind. Don't blame me. I'm in Canada. Jeez. So, uh, Bears, though. David Montgomery had a rough game, but, like, he's – if Cohen's gone, there's no one else. They got Cordell Patterson. Like, Cordell Patterson, 
we were talking, we've talked about this. I actually tried to look for it today. He literally is running as a running back in this backfield at yep. times. Like it's not just like jet sweeps or just like, you know, little toss plays like there it's, he's getting handoffs and he's running through holes. Like that is genuinely a thing. So I don't know if I'm like concerned about that, but like, yeah, it's, it's like, come I, on. it doesn't like, they're going to use them. I, I would say like, it's not going to, they're not going to give 30 touches to t- uh, Dave Montgomery. They're going to use Cordell Patterson to some fashion, whether they take um, carries away from David Montgomery, give them to Cordell Patterson, like what happened in this game, or they uh, put Cordell Patterson because he is actually a receiver on third down work and, and maybe use him out of the backfield as a receiver. Either way. Um, I think another big story in this one, Allen Robinson gets back on track, which uh, had been an issue for some people. I know a lot of people were like, hey, is this the time to trade Allen Robinson? Should I be trying to get rid of him because Mitch Trubisky sucks? Um, personally, I, I think you're going to be okay holding him, but I also would try and float him out as a sell high possibility because now people are going to be like Nick Foles is the starter. Like, look how great Allen Robinson looked with Nick Foles. And maybe they think he has some like top five upside, which I still don't think Allen Robinson has because I think it's still a bad offense. He has one of the best playoff schedules in, in the league. Like if you're comfortable with your team, like if you're sitting here three and oh, you're sitting here, maybe, maybe two and oh, you know, two and one, you know, wherever, wherever you are. I mean, his playoff schedule is, is beautiful. Like, like he, he is going to eat down the stretch. Um, you know, from, from the bye week on Green Bay, which will be tough because you'll get Alexander. But then it's Detroit week 13, week 14, it's Houston, week 15, it's Minnesota, week 16, it's Jacksonville. I'm like, there is no better player with a playoff schedule than Allen Robinson right now. Like, that is something ungodly. Like, that, that is perfect lineup uh, for success in the fantasies. So I would actually – I've been asking people to trade for him. Okay. Yeah, maybe we just differ on that. I, I think it's kind of like – it seems like what I expected to begin with, like from Allen Robinson, this type of game, like this is kind of what I expected. So yes, he's probably a top 12 receiver going forward, but if you have someone really willing to overpay for him, then I would sell him because I think, I think they might, someone might buy into the Nick Foles narrative a little bit too much. That's just the way my brain works. I just feel like there's going to be some people out there that are like, Oh man, Nick Foles is like taking over this team. Allen Robinson's finally playing with a good quarterback. He's never played with a good quarterback his whole career. Like I could see something like that. Um, as far as, I mean, Jimmy Graham had 10 targets, but I, I really could care less. Like if you want to go pick up Jimmy Graham, be my guest, but that's mm. not really what I want to do. So uh, we can get off this game. It's not a crazy amount of fantasy relevant things that happen aside from the Foles um, coming in and Tariq Cohen going down with potential ACL tear. So yeah. on to an almost, from one choke to an almost choke. Um, the Buffalo Bills were actually up 28 to three in this game. They win the game 35 to 32 over the Los Angeles Rams. But they nearly pulled an Atlanta Falcons and blew a 28-3 lead and lost this game. Yeah. The, ball, like, the biggest story has to be Josh Allen. Josh Allen going 24 of 33, 311 uh, passing yards, four touchdowns. It is the third straight game, uh, and this is the first time since Jim Kelly that a Bills quarterback has passed for 300-plus yards in three straight games. Yeah. Um, the Rams are a really good team. I knew this coming in. I, I knew that like they're 2-0. and It's not a fabricated 2-0. and Bears are – Bears being undefeated is a joke. Um, they've had three. Oh my god! I just realized they are three and zero right now. Yeah, like they they well they played three joke teams. Like the Rams came in two and zero, and they were they were a hard two and zero. They they had faced two really good teams, two playoff teams from last year. Well, not uh, the Cowboys didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> um, no, but they, they were a legitimate team, and this was the game where I'm like, okay, is Josh Allen real? Because people are like, Josh Allen is ungodly. He is so good because he's beat the Dolphins and the Jets. I'm like, we have to breathe. Like, do it against a legitimate team. This was your legitimate he team. Did. Stephon Diggs is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh. and um, again, if you didn't hear my victory lap the first time, like, I'm going to take it again. Even though he only had six targets, four receptions, 49 yeah. yards and a touchdown, if you actually watch the game, he had two red zone targets, one that was – uh labeled a, like a, the ball hit the ground. They threw like a swing, pa- uh, a bubble screen to him or whatever. And the ball, like he didn't pluck it off the ground. And then the, the play after that, the, he had like a touchdown that was brought back by like a penalty or something. So like he could have had a way bigger game in this game. Um, so yeah, uh, Cole Beasley, seven targets, six receptions, hundred yards, whatever it's Cole Beasley. That's he's going to have games like that every once in a while. I'm not rushing up to the waiver wire to pick up Cole Beasley, Gabe Davis stepping up as like the, the third receiver in this one. I don't know what happened to John Brown. Did he get hurt? John Brown did get hurt. It sucked. I had him in a league. He was actively starting for me. 
Uh, and he put up a total, a grand total of zero for two. And I told some people to start him. So I'm going to apologize to you guys uh, because I thought since Diggs was on Ramsey for this game, I thought John Brown was going to have like a decent stat line being the guy that is not getting Jalen Ramsey. They're probably going to avoid throwing at Jalen Ramsey. And then therefore John Brown's going to have a good stat line. But yeah, him going out. I mean, I'm sorry. I couldn't see that coming. Um, Devin Singletary had a pretty good day in general. I mean, he had uh, what? 18 opportunities, 13 carries, 71 yards, uh, no touchdowns on the ground, five and a half a clip. And then he should have had a good day though. Yeah, exactly. Which is, which is what I expected when he's, when Singletary was alone in the backfield last year, when Frank Gore missed games, it was pretty much, yeah, he's going to get 18 to 20 touches and he's probably going to have like, I don't know what do you have? 130 total yards in this game. He didn't get into the end zone, but had he uh, done that, he probably would have had a pretty good stat line. Um, yeah, onto the, the Rams side of things, 20 carries for Daryl Henderson, 20. There's your guy. There's your waiver wire pickup. Uh, Cam Akers was hurt. Um, this is not good for him at all. Uh, they look like they have their back, uh, and it is not named Cam Akers. And once again, here's, here's my victory lap on guys that I told you stop counting on is Malcolm Brown. Like, like he's not good. Like what? Like he, he had, he had one good game to start the season. It was the biggest trade high ever. It's like, he, and, and he, you know, he plays today, seven, seven carries, 19, 19 yards. I mean, it's nothing. He's not good, but Daryl Henderson looked fantastic. Um, he, he actually did look very good. He averaged, he almost averaged six, per, uh, six yards per carry. My, I'm maybe you're a little bit more bullish on Daryl Henderson than I am. Uh, I'm not saying Daryl Henderson's a fake and this was like a farce performance or anything like that. But I think once Cam Akers comes back, this is going to be a committee. And Sean McVay said it. I think that's what's going to be. I think it's going to be a different guy every week. So, I mean, I, I'd be more willing to sell Daryl Henderson high than hold on to him and think I have like an RB2 going forward if I can. Because I don't think this is going to be overly sustainable. I think Jared Goff in this game had a better game than I expected him to in uh, against the Bills pass defense that's pretty uh, merciless. So, yeah. I mean, like he had an okay stat line, 321 yards, two touchdowns, and one pick. Pretty good fantasy day for him. In terms of the receivers, um, Cooper Cup gets back on track, 10 targets, nine receptions, 107 yards, and a touchdown. I definitely feel good about that one, knowing that I told a lot of people to start Cooper Cup this week because I was like, hey, it's a cup week because Woods is going to be on Tredavious White. Robert Woods actually had a good game as well. Not, not until probably midway through the court, third quarter was he doing well, though. Um, but, uh, yeah, six targets, five receptions, 74 yards and a touchdown. He had a long of uh, 31 in that, uh, in that game as well. So both of the Rams receivers definitely came through for people that started. Yeah, you got to be playing them both. Um, it's a thing. Uh, unfortunately my boy Van Jefferson, I don't know what was up with that one. Um, but cup and woods are, they're almost instant starts now for me. Yeah. Uh, this was a really tough week for them and both of them performed, uh, very much over expectations. Uh, then I don't really think there's a solid three in this, the system. It's no, just... I think it's going to be a kind of, um, and you saw in this game, uh, Tyler Higby only had two targets. So yeah, that's that... Tyler Higby is not the second coming of Travis Kelsey. Like maybe some people thought he was after having four touchdowns through two weeks in the, uh, in the first two games, but most tight ends are volatile, especially when you're not a top three guy, which I think Higby fits that description, but I still think he's fine. Don't worry about him. Yeah. And speaking of uh, systems where you, you – from here on out, just go ahead and start both. Uh, we jump to the next game. Is, is there any other thing you want to cover on that no, one? No, no, that's yeah. good. We jump to the next game. Uh, please don't bench Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb anymore. This was a really, really tough game for them. This – and you may be like, it's Washington. Yeah, it, it is. They have probably one of the best front sevens in the league. Chase They're, Young did leave this game early for what it's worth. Fair. But, like, this is legit. This team – how they want to use these two backs is plentiful uh, for each one. Uh, obviously, Nick Chubb was going off. He was hitting the big runs. But both were over 15 touches. Start both of them. This is their offense. It's no – if you run the offense through Baker, you get what you saw last year, and the team won't win. When you don't and you just, you know, have Baker just game manage as best as you can, they're going to win games. They're going to win games like this, 34 to 20. This is perfect, and I love that this is what we're seeing out of this system. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, for me, are almost instant starts every week. Yeah, and as you mentioned with Baker Mayfield, he only had 156 yards, 23 pass attempts, and two touchdowns. That's about the ceiling you're going to get out of Baker Mayfield this year, I think, because if they want to win games, they got to use their two running backs because they have the best running back duel in the league. It's not even really close, in my opinion. And 
like you got to take the ball out of Baker's hands because it, he, he's a turnover prone quarterback. And when you have two running backs that are as good as these two guys are, they're basically like, it seemed like every time Chubb and Hunt touched the ball, they were getting eight, nine, 10, 15 yards every time they touched the ball. Yeah, it was, it's, it's something. I mean, Kareem Hunt's going to do a little bit more in the past pass game, which helps. Which is perfect because then you know you can start both of them because if they were both just ground guys or they were both like three down backs, then you'd, you'd probably see a lot more volatility. But the fact that they have these defined roles as they do, it makes it a lot easier to know that you can start Kareem Hunt knowing that he's going to get, he's more likely to get a receiving touchdown than a rushing touchdown. Yeah, and once again, I, I mean, these receivers don't have value to me. They don't. I mean, it sucks because they're names. They really are Austin Hooper, Jarvis Landry, Odell. Like, these these are names. Uh, but you're, like, touchdown dependent on these guys. And oh, yeah, yeah. They're not seeing more than, like – I mean, like, their ceiling is, like, an eight to nine target game. Yeah, it's, it's so – that's a mess. On the other side of things, Antonio Gibson gets in the end zone, but he didn't have a lot of volume. McKissick was getting touches. Peyton Barber got three. I mean, so there was a lot of guys kind of involved in that. Um Dontrell Inman, are we picking him up? And it, it seems like a very small sample size, just three receptions, but both were in the end zone. He had two in the end zone at least. Yeah, I mean, I'm not really buying too much into Inman. I think that was just kind of a fluke that he got two touchdowns. But Antonio Gibson, from what I, I watched this game pretty closely, one, because I had a bet on Washington in this game, rip, and two, because I had Antonio Gibson in my, my big money league. Um, Antonio Gibson was kind of phased out in this game, which tells me that all, they don't all the way trust him with the third down roll because McKissick was on the field a lot. And man, Dwayne Haskins played like shit in this game, like absolute trash, like costly turnovers, like three bad picks, bad fumble. Like, um, they credited Gibson with a fumble, but it was actually on Haskins. So Haskins had basically five turnovers in this game. And honest, honestly, I wouldn't be shocked if they turned to Kyle Allen after this. Or Alex Smith. Who knows? He's not good. Um, I think this was something that we were pretty uh, – at least I was pretty adamant on. Um, basically, through college and, you know, through his short pro career so far, is that he really can't be trusted with leading teams to bring the game back. You got to have a good running back system you got to have a great line it's like you got to have things just in place perfect for him to succeed and that's just not what washington is um the defense it's like a poor man's Derek carr which is not something you want to be no it is not it's just i'm good i'm good on Dwayne haskins uh it's going to be really tough for me to trust the receiving core because i do like the receiving core um you know they they got they got terry but Terry can only do so much with the volume he's given. He had four. And his volume is bad volume too, because a lot of his targets are off. Like he had um, a, a play in the back of the end zone that should have been a touchdown and Haskins missed him. And yeah. Terry has to like lay out for it and he still couldn't get to it. So I think if you're a Washington fan or if you're the Washington football team in general, I think you, you maybe give Haskins. Like I honestly think they should bench him. Like as Kyle Allen, as bad as he looked in Carolina last year, looked better than Haskins looked today. Yeah. Uh, this was not a fun game. I think the only thing I take from it is that, yes, you can play Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb uh, and not feel bad about it. I, I told a few people to do it because I was doing it, and I'm like, you know what, let's let's die together if it happens. And they both were fantastic. So we can bounce to the next game, uh, a game that actually covered when there was multiple chances for it not to. Uh, the Titans and Vikings, I know you're not happy about that. No, I am not because I thought – and a lot of people were on this game. The Titans were favored by one and a half in this one, and they won by one point, which means the Vikings covered, and if you bet the Titans, you lost, like myself. So um, I tweeted out my, like, bet slip from this week, and I just, like, it's, it's laughable how bad I did in this. Like, my only chance is the Packers um, smoke the Saints and the, and the Ravens take care of the Chiefs tomorrow. So I need, I need the primetime games to come through for me because the 1 o'clock and 4 o'clock games, abs- like – the only one I did well on was the Bucks over um, the Broncos because, I, I mean, that was a virtual lock to happen. Anyway, in this game from a fantasy perspective, uh, pretty disappointing from Ryan Tannehill, if you ask me. 321 yards, no touchdowns, one INT. Um, good news for Derrick Henry owners. Uh, 26 carries, 119 yards, and two touchdowns. I had a couple people in the live stream this morning ask, like, hey, what, like, do you think Derrick Henry is, like, less valuable than he was last year. It's pretty hard for someone referenced the fact that uh, no one's like won back-to-back rushing titles or something like that. Well, Derrick Henry leads the league in rushing still. So 
Uh, and now he has some touchdowns. So definitely no worries on Derrick Henry. He's always kind of been a touchdown or bust guy, but he gets so much volume that it's almost a guarantee that he's going to get a touchdown every game. Khalif Raymond, for whatever reason, just had like two huge plays in this game. Um, no, don't pick him up. Like AJ, I think AJ Brown's gonna be back next week. Personally, yeah, that's that's his replacement. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Corey Davis had a bit of a down game. If you like, not a down game. He still had five catches for sixty nine yards. Didn't get in the end zone or anything. But I thought him and Jonu Smith, who both kind of had a similar stat line, I thought they were both gonna have like a bigger game in this one because the Tex or the um, Vikings. Uh, secondary is so banged up but yeah. I mean I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the absolute explosion from Justin Jefferson yeah um without mentioning the run first I mean both both running backs were what over 150 I mean it was uh, over 100 uh Derek Henry was a little yeah Dalvin Cook looked excellent in this game yeah it, it, I did you know what I didn't expect this I really thought Tannehill was going to be kind of leading this team to the charge I think that's what's going to happen every other week uh, with the Vikings because their, their corners suck. Uh, but this this was new. Uh, I I definitely kind of saw a chance where both these backs would go over 100. But this looked fantastic. Dalvin Cook looked great. Um, and yeah, we can talk about Justin Jefferson because he was he he was looking arrogant AF out there because he was just rolling against the Titans. Yeah, and I think the buy low window in for Adam Thielen is officially open. If yep. you ask me, I think I think this is the time to get him because. I mean, people are going to get scared. They're like, oh, man, the rookie Justin Jefferson, he's, he's eating into Adam Thielen's workload. I think it's far more likely that Adam Thielen is right back to where Adam Thielen normally is. He also had a couple plays in this one. Uh, he had two targets that he didn't connect on. I'm pretty sure one of them was like a touchdown if he caught it. Um, I think, yeah, I think you can you can go out and put some feelers out for Adam Thielen if you're, uh, if you're looking to buy a probably a high-end wide receiver two, low-end wide receiver one on the cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I guess what we take from this one, because we are trying to make these a little bit faster because we've been running like hour and a half, um, <laughs> is the running backs look good. We needed that confirmation from Henry and uh, I guess a little bit more confirmation from Cook, and that's what we got. So it was, it was very solid work from both of those two. Yeah, so as you mentioned, we can get into the next game, which um, kind of went as I expected, to be honest. The Patriots are a good team, like – yeah. 36 to 20 over the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Cam Newton in this one had a bit of a down game from the first two games that he had where he absolutely exploded and just probably won you your week in fantasy, but 162 yards and a touchdown uh, through the air did not score on the ground, even though he had nine carries, 27 yards. Speaking of on the ground in this game, for some reason, Sony Michelle had nine carries for 117 yards and like when he broke his long run, it looked like he was like running in mud. I'm like, is this Frank Gore or Sony Michelle? Anyway, um, Rex Burkhead, for whatever reason, looks like a friggin' feature back. J.J. Taylor got the most carries on the – like, this is why you don't play anyone from the Patriots' backfield, from, from my opinion, because Sony Michelle went over 100 on the ground. Rex Burkhead had three touchdowns, and J.J. Taylor led the team in carries. If that doesn't describe the Patriots' backfield, I don't know what does. But, but please tell me – that... Burkhead, if James White is going to continue to be out, which, I mean – given the circumstances of what happened to James White, I totally understand if he continues to be out. Yeah. I think Rex Burkhead is the guy that you can start in this backfield. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. I'm like, please tell me with that stat line, you're ready to go ahead and start Sony Michelle next week with everything you know about Sony Michelle. Like, go ahead. Like you, you just, it's not a thing. And it's the same with Taylor. Uh, you may be like, Oh, the volume's good. Like you, you're not playing him. Like, don't, you're going to ask me in a start set. You're going to be like, who should I play? No, I'm never going to say these guys. Our Rex Burkett looked fantastic. I did play him in a league. Uh, it was the most arrogant I've ever been about a, a guy that's this irrelevant. But, yes, I did play him in a league, and he did put up three touchdowns. And I feel like an alpha for doing that because he's – he had the most pass catches, like, by a, by a way. Yeah, ten targets. Like, and I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually kind of disappointed in myself that I didn't notice the big discrepancy in the amount that – because Rex Burkett played, like, 70% of the snaps last week with James White out for Sunday night football. And we kind of saw more of the same. He was just the, he was the most involved running back in terms of, he just seemed to be always on the field and he got, he made all the plays in the, in the passing game. So I think, yeah, Rex Burke had definitely showed out in this one. Yeah. And, and then on the other side of the ball, it's almost like Bill Belichick, I, I don't know, has been paying attention the past like two weeks. And he's like, okay, what is the only things that work for the Raiders? Uh, you stop Josh Jacobs and you don't let Darren Waller get the ball. Congratulations. You've won the game. That, that is how like kind of, 
I don't know. It's like dual dimensional, we would say. Yeah. It's two different kind of things. But that's that's what you got to do. Darren Waller, only two receptions in this one. Josh Jacobs, you didn't feel good about playing him today. You really didn't. I mean, you know, what about like nine points? I mean, 10 points in your leagues. Like that's not – that you're not happy about that. No, uh, no, not from the guy that's been absolutely balling out the past couple of weeks. Yeah. So I think – and I don't know why this is only a New England thing. Like why doesn't every team do this? Like – take away their best option. Like, why is that only New England that does that? Like, why is Bill Belichick smarter than every coach in the NFL? Like, it's really like when he says, oh, how do you coach? It's, oh, it's like the art of war by Sun Tzu. You take away, uh, or you like take away the things that they do best, then you exploit weaknesses and take care of your strengths. Like, it's so simple how he coaches. It's brilliant. Like, just stop 28 on the ground, put number number 24, Stephon Gilmore, on Darren Waller and don't let him catch the ball because that's exactly what happened in this game. Yeah. If you're going to let – he's smart. He's like, you know what, I'll let Hunter Renfro beat me, okay? And he did. He looked good. He did. Then that's the situation. But that's like – that's that's if you let Darren Waller did do what he did last week, it, you know, it, you're dead. You let Josh Jacobs do what he's done the past two weeks. I mean, you, you can't let it happen. Um, it's been fantastic the way we see Belichick do this consistently. Um, it's unfortunate for the Raiders, but, you know – it's not, it's not the end of the world. You're still going to get Josh Jacobs production. Um, that that's not ending. Uh, you'll still get your Darren Waller production that that's not ending either. We look at the next couple of games. They have Buffalo Buffalo's tough. Um, but we saw the effect of, see, that's the thing. We saw the effectiveness of Gusecki last week and we see, uh, Tyler Higby kind of shut down this week. So I, I, well, could- I can explain that one is because Gusecki plays in the slot and Jordan Poyer doesn't play the slot. Valid. Yeah. And that's why I said, remember last week, I was like, oh, Mike, I was wrong about Mike Gusecki. Because, and I didn't think because he played in the slot, I was like, I kind of just was like, oh, he's a tight end. Jordan Poyer is going to be on him. No, like that's not how Higby's used because Cooper Cup is primarily in the slot. So yeah, anyway, uh, we can probably get off this game. There wasn't too much relevant things that happened aside from that. The, the Patriots receivers kind of disappointed. I mean, I, I don't really know what to say there. Like Julian Edelman's definitely looking like he has a lower floor than I expected. I thought he was going to have a lot higher of a floor and it's partially because Nikhil Harry has like kind of taken a step. He's not, it's not just Julian Edelman. Well, you want to talk about, you want to talk about a team that disappointed. I mean, 36 to nine. Yeah. This guy. And, and this is without the two best pass rushers that the 49ers have. And like we, all we've been told is the only issues with Daniel Jones is that, Oh, well, if he gets pressured, he fumbles and he makes bad throws. Okay, well, that's two best pass. Their two best pass rushers are out, and he had a terrible game. And there was an, some attempt to run. He was running for his life, too. And we realized, surprise, this team runs through Saquon. And without Saquon, they're terrible on offense. So expect this the rest of the year. This is, this is a nightmare if you're a Giants fan. I'm sorry. Yeah, and I'll, uh, I'll take the L on this one because I told a lot of people to start Darius Slayton thinking he'd have a good game in this one. I think the Giants offense is just not one you want to mess with, I would say. Like it's I mean, Darius Slayton is probably gonna have good games here and there, but he's more of like a wide receiver three flex play than the wide receiver two that he kind of looked like early on. Um, so I'll I'll definitely take that one on the chin. Um as far as the Niners goes, like I mean Jarek McKinnon was the guy like in the um receiving game as far as like rushing, receiving, like everything pretty much. He got 14 carries and 38 yards on the ground, so he didn't do too hot there, but he did get into the end zone on the ground, and he also had four targets, three receptions for 39 yards. Jeff Wilson, like I told Danny before the the thing, Jeff Wilson was involved on the ground, which I expected him to be, and he also got a similar, like, volume in the receiving game and also got into the end zone in the receiving game, which, I mean, if you think the 49ers are just going to use a workhorse back, it's just not going to happen. It's never going to happen. Kyle Shanahan's never done it, so – Whoever is injured, like, I don't care if uh, Jeff Wilson goes down next week. Like, they're going to use Jamichael Hasty and then Salvin Ahmed. Like, that's just how the 49 – it's just the next man up thing for the yeah. 49ers. And whoever's on the field, it's usually going to be a split between two guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jeff Wilson, 12 rushing attempts for 15 yards. I mean, but it doesn't matter. Like, it, it doesn't matter. They're going to do that. Uh, they're just going to keep beating him. Uh, hello, Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, yeah, he looks good too. Yeah, you're here. He had some rushing attempts. Um, I would say the the receiver you actually may want to play in that system. Uh, we already know about the running backs in there. Um, Nick Mullins didn't look terrible. 
I'll say that. I mean, you know, he's looked better than Daniel Jones. To buy a landslide. To be I mean, fair though, he had some actual like easy throws compared to Daniel Jones. Like it was like okay, seven step drop. Oh, our our offensive line sucks. Daniel Jones run for the first down. Like that was basically the whole Giants offense. Like if he didn't run for the first down, they weren't getting it. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, it, it's a disappointment, uh, Giants fans. You know, I think this at this point when Saquon went down, you're like, I just need to see it. Let's let's see how ineffective it is. And you know, it's bad. Um, Congratulations, because you and uh, the other team from New York, which we'll get to later, uh, you got high picks. So look at the, look at the bright side. Maybe you'll get more linemen for Jones, or maybe you'll just replace Jones. Who knows what goes on? Or maybe on. you'll get a, a nice shiny receiver from LSU for Jones. Mm-hmm. Darius Slayton out the window. Rip. Yeah. Anyway, uh, on to probably the grossest football I've ever seen, and oh. the most excruciating game to watch. So now we have to look at a tie on the schedule, which is the Bengals and the Eagles tied 23-23. The Eagles elected to punt, take a flag and punt on the opposing like 47-yard line instead of going for like a fourth and seven and trying to go for the win. They just punted and accepted the tie, which is probably the most cowardly fucking move I've ever seen in my life. Neither of these teams wanted to win. Uh, I think by saying that, you basically said it for me. But neither of these teams look like they won to win. It looks like, uh, you know, Burrow, Burrow got screwed uh, once again. He got sacked like nine times. And this, is, this is the He looked good aside from the amount of sacks that he took. And part of them was just yeah. he got killed. Like he'd run a play action and turn around and just get smoked. We're going to see a really angry Joe Burrow. Uh, not angry on the field, but I, there, there's, there may be something coming out where he's like, there needs to be some changes or, you know, like he, because, he, he doesn't seem like a guy who will just lay back and just let this shit happen. Cause I wouldn't, if I was getting sacked or pressured as many times as he uh, has been, um, it, you know, the defense has actually not been terrible uh, for the Bengals, but like it's the line, the line is such a problem um, for them. Joe Mixon looked rough. I hate my life with a lot of passion. Apparently Giovanni Bernard is like the number like two receiver on this team, or that's like the goal is they're just going to feed Giovanni Bernard. What's good though is AJ Green will get the number one cornerback every week. And Tyler Boyd is going to put out stat lines like this every week. Yeah. And speaking of AJ Green getting the number one cornerback, man, T Higgins looked really good in this game too. Nine targets, two touchdowns, five receptions, 40 yards. Like, Again, like you said, if AJ Green's going to keep taking corners away because he has the big name, like Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins are going to be the guys that you can play in. in uh, I'm happy in these matchups. I'm thrilled. I, you know what? I was like, AJ Green coming back is an absolute joke. No, I love it now. I love it because he's taking the number one corner, and Joe Burrow's giving him enough targets to where, like, the number one corner consistently throughout each week is going to continue taking Green because that's actually who Joe Burrow's favorite favorite target is except today you realized okay well <laughs> Darius Slay oh, oh I have a guy that's a younger version of AJ Green <laughs> like, exactly um yeah you got a couple of them T Higgins is fantastic and he got in the end zone and that's going to pad his stat line uh is he a pickup player I think so I, I think, think he is I, he's, I, pri- he's like by him like it's those three guys like Auden Tate like John Ross didn't play in this game like even before this T Higgins is the third receiver and that like if you're a third receiver on an offense that's going to throw the ball, like, man, Joe Burrow leads the league in, in pass attempts. Like, yeah. It, yeah. It, it, yeah. <laughs> they're so, not – He they're, doesn't look bad. Like, Joe Burrow is playing well for a rookie. No, yeah. No, he looks really good. Um, it, it go go ahead. Carson Wentz, that's for sure. Yeah. That's – well, geez. Doesn't take much. Uh, better than both the quarterbacks in the last game we talked about, but that was easy. Next week, I'm just going to go and answer the start-sit question. Uh, T. Higgins or T. Higgins. He's facing Jacksonville. Huh. Henderson, who their best cornerback is, is going to be on AJ Green. AJ Green, may, I mean, this, this may be a blowout. This, yeah. Maybe the Bengals actually taking like the step that we, we expect them to take. And this may be the game where they just roll or it's just a shootout. Like I expected the Dolphins to have a shootout with Jacksonville this week. So look forward to that. Um, Eagle side of things. You want, to, you want to start that off? Oh man, dude, Carson Wentz looked bad in this game. Like he, he, he didn't. He did fine for fantasy because he had nine carries for sixty-five yards and a rushing touchdown. He had one play. He had one play that saved his game was that that touchdown to take it into overtime. But yeah, yeah, pretty much. 
Uh, Miles Sanders, I actually expected a bit of a bigger game in this, but absolutely no concerns. 18 carries and eight targets. Like that is workhorse volume. Like I, for whatever reason, he just didn't, didn't get it done in this one. Yep. Maybe the Bengals realized after Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb absolutely stomped it down their throat through the run. They were like, hey, maybe we should actually try and tackle running backs this time. Yeah. And they just kind of tightened that up. Um, like Greg Ward had 11 targets. Like, ugh. There's no, there's no receiver. There's no receiver. Oh, there isn't. And speaking of no receiver, Dallas Goddard also went down in this game. And yeah. it's probably a high ankle sprain from what I read on uh, Ian Rappaport's Twitter. So, I mean – like it took us three weeks to get here. Zach Ertz is the only healthy option in the Eagles passing game again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in I'll, I'll tell you why this game wasn't ended by the Eagles in overtime. Uh, the Bengals realized fairly quickly that there is only one receiving option in this team. And we're just going to triple double uh, Ertz the entire, the entire overtime. Uh, that's what they did. They worked to perfection they looked to actually the Bengals it, 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 it's hard because a lot of me was thinking the entire time neither of these teams want to win none of them care they're okay with a tie they, their seasons are already over apparently to both of them um but yeah Zach Ertz is the legit option and that's it go pick up let someone pick up Greg Ward yeah game. don't waste any money on Greg Ward like it's like sure like I would much rather own a guy like Justin Jefferson or a guy like T Higgins yeah. Or, I mean, I'm sure we'll get to some other guys, but like, just don't like, don't pick up Greg Ward. Like he, he's, he has no upside whatsoever. Um, anyway, so let's get into the next game. This one, honestly, like uh, admittedly, I didn't see a lot of this game for some reason. I don't know why it just wasn't on red zone very much. Um, Pittsburgh Steelers, 28 Houston Texans, 21 Deshaun Watson definitely had a better game than we all thought he would have. But yeah. uh, as far as they kind of contained him in the pocket a lot, like he only carried the ball one time. Um, but 264 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick is not a horrible stat line for going up against what, in my opinion, is the best defense in the NFL. Uh, I mean, Randall Cobb had a touchdown and 95 yards because Randall Cobb. And uh, Will Fuller got into the end zone here, five targets, four receptions, 54 yards. Uh, there's not really much I take away on the Houston side of things. David Johnson had a bad game. I expected David Johnson to have a bad game. Um, as far as efficiency, the touchdown definitely saved his bacon in terms of his like fantasy uh, performance. But, you know, I tell people this. It's like this This is, once again, the Steelers will stop every running back you face. It sucks. I, I'm no joke. Uh, you know, this is a situation where you're starting, like, your number one, your number one running back. You're, you're sitting him when they face the Steelers. It sucks. It's, it's tough. But this is just what they're going to do to everyone. It, it's not just because David Johnson averaged 1.8. That's not the situation. I told people, I'm like, David Johnson is going to get volume but it's not going to be good volume and you're going to hate the fact that you played him, but he's probably going to score. And this is exactly what happened. And it, who cares? You know, it's like the Steelers are just going to stop every running back they face. Like that's just what we're going to face here. Um, on the other side of things, James Connor until he gets hurt is a legit back. Oh yeah. hundred percent. 18 carries, 109 yards with a touchdown. He also added five targets, four receptions and 40 yards. Like that's, I mean, it's what, what has James Conner done every time he's on the field and every time he gets volume, he just produces like a, like a back end RB one. Like this is how James Conner plays. And maybe he's a ticking time bomb and he like gets hurt. And then Anthony, Anthony McFarland for what it's worth had six carries in this game, 42 yards and actually looked pretty good. But it's what a, I, I saw of him like, but yeah, it's a new back every day. I mean, seriously, next week we could see Jalen Samuels get like seven touchdowns. Yeah, like behind James Conner, it's just like whoever they want to use, to be honest. And uh, Big Ben, I mean, Big Ben's going to continue to be the quarterback he's always been. Like 237 yards, two touchdowns, like a 20-point outing. It's not too shabby. Um, I think another big piece of news in this one is I believe Deont Deontay Johnson got hurt in this game. And uh, that's why he dropped an absolute goose egg. Uh, no, not a goose egg. Sorry, he had a, a rushing attempt for nine yards. But he dropped 0.9 points, which not great if he started him. And uh, yeah, Deontay Johnson will definitely have to keep an eye out what the injury exactly is. Juju Smith-Schuster had a pretty good game in this one. The touchdown kind of saved his bacon as well. Eric Ebron did okay. I, I mean, it just wasn't a lot of offense. This must have been a slow-paced game, if you ask me, because like neither team, like there was only uh, like – 65 pass attempts across both teams like it, it just must not have been a very high paced game I mean there's 11 points in the final uh the final half I mean it was really just front end production and then it stopped um 
it, this is tough for Houston. I, I will say that this is a tough stretch for them. We knew the first three games were going to be really bad. I was actually projecting them to be 0-3 to start. They get Minnesota. They get Jacksonville. So this makes guys like uh, David Johnson a lot more viable to be to be started. Tennessee apparently is going to give up a lot of rushing yards. Maybe it's just Dalvin Cook going nuts. Yeah. Uh, but that's after. And then it's Green Bay, and then, you know, they start getting right back into a hard schedule. I mean, they get but Jack- David Johnson, for what it's worth, is probably a good buy-low candidate if you're looking for, like, a RB2 type. Yeah, but playoff schedule's tough because it's Indy twice, uh, the Bears, and they got Cincinnati in Week 16, but do you make it there? Uh, that's that's the question. Um, you got to get through a gauntlet. <sighs> I yeah. feel bad for Texas fans. This was just a rough draw on a schedule. I mean, I hope – Hopefully the guys in the locker room aren't depleted. They aren't like, oh my gosh, we're, we're this is it. They're like, we're done. Uh, O'Brien's out the door tomorrow. Like, it's just a tough, tough start to the schedule for them. So that, that's kind of how I take it. Yeah, for what it's worth, I believe the Texans started 0-3 like two years ago and won like nine straight games after that. It was like the weirdest fucking start to a season I've ever seen. Anyway, the Jets and the Colts are next on the schedule. I don't really want to talk about this game very long. <laughs> The Colts uh, absolutely lambast the Jets 36 to 7. Phillip Rivers kind of looked pedestrian in this game. Sam Darnold had one really good play, but looked pretty bad aside from that. A lot of, uh, if you were like me and you went up against the Indianapolis Colts uh, defense and fantasy, I'm sorry for your loss because you probably lost because of it. Um, Jonathan Taylor, only 13 carries, concerned? Nope. They blew him out. Here's the thing. They. Like I told people, I'm like, you know, you can't, you can't be too heartbroken if a Colts player doesn't produce for you because there's a good chance they blow him out. And Sam Darnold looked great on the first drive, and then he didn't look great for the whole rest of the game. They put Jacoby Brissett in. Was Philip Rivers hurt, or were they just killing him that much? Uh, they were killing him that much. I mean, it... Philip Rivers threw the ball 21 times in this game, like. So, no, I'm not worried that T.Y. Hilton only had three tar- – actually, I'm a little worried about T.Y. Hilton, to be honest. He hasn't really performed at all, and he's had some pretty easy matchups thus far. Yeah, uh, I'll look at it on the Jets side of things. There's no rushing attack whatsoever. Uh, even with Bell there, this is the production that we're, the, we were seeing. Like, Michael Pirine was there. That's cool. Uh, Go Gators, I guess. Uh, uh, but he wasn't good in college, and he's not going to be good for the Jets. Uh, Brian- Balazs tried to hurdle someone. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. What a joke. But, you know, he got the passing down work. He got five catches. So, um, here, I'll, I'll, I'll shout out this guy. because Lawrence Cager, shout out. Lawrence Cager. <laughs> Let's go. Two for four. What a guy. Um, absolute beauty. Had finally showed up in a game. I'm proud of him. He's their number two receiver now. Uh, big smiles. It was a blowout game, though, so I'm not really going to say uh, I'm such a genius for hyping up Lawrence Cager. But I am proud of my boy because I really do believe – he could do something for this team, um, but doing something for the Jets is a joke. Next week, they get Denver, so lighter uh, matchup. Then they get Arizona. It, they're they're going to beat – Denver's going to beat them. This team, I don't know where they win. I mean, I look at it – look at the schedule. I mean, unless New England starts no one in week 17, like, they aren't going to win a game. You mean like San Francisco last week that killed them? Yeah, like San Francisco, like they had, they, they had no one. Like everyone died, and they got ran. Like I don't get it. How could you be that bad? Like I don't. Fine, if you can go in the comments and you can type out a game and you can explain it as to why the why the Jets are going to win this one game out of the whole season, be my guest. Good luck with it. I'm I am actually like quite nervous about Ty Hilton, considering this is what their schedule has been: Jacksonville, Minnesota, Jets. And he has not had a good game yet. Yeah, it's tough. Like the Jets, or the Colts passing game, it's just not one I want to attach myself to. Michael Pittman Jr. is a nice stash on, on your um, your bench and stuff, kind of see what happens with that. But T.Y. Hilton, I don't want him. I, like, I don't. Like, I, I think he's kind of washed up. He's kind of in A.J. Green territory for me. And I said that before the season, and I'm going to continue to say that. So yeah. on to the next game. I don't really want to talk about this anymore. The Jets are getting the number one overall pick. So Yeah, probably. Um, so the Carolina Panthers over the Los Angeles, uh, fighting Herberts, uh, 21 to 16, Teddy Bridgewater, efficient game, 22, um, for 28, 235 and a touchdown. Um, he had an okay game. Like he didn't really wow me with anything. There was a lot of field goals in this game. If you had Joey Sly, oh man, he put up some points. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll say what I'm excited about 
is the fact that Justin Herbert is my favorite quarterback in the NFL right now. Why? Someone realized that Austin Eckler can catch the ball, and that's Justin Thank Herbert. You. Thank you. Thank, Justin Herbert is the blessing to the fantasy football community. He is because Teddy Bridgewater, not not Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Tyron Taylor. It's the same fucking game. Tyron Taylor's like, oh, I'm gonna throw it to Mike Williams instead. It, it, like, why? Why do you hate us? Why do you hate us? Austin Eckler can catch the ball, and look, he actually was fairly productive when he got to the ball. Wow, imagine. Um, imagine Allen. making seven people miss every time he touched the ball. Could probably only be Austin Eckler. Yes, but as you mentioned, eleven targets, eleven receptions, eighty-four yeah. yards. 12 carries, 59 yards, a rushing touchdown. Austin Eckler will be just fine. Yeah. Keenan Allen also. Oh, imagine targeting Keenan Allen over, over Mike Williams. 19 targets for Keenan Allen. 13 receptions, 132 and a touchdown. You love to see it. Getting the ball to Hunter Henry. Fantastic. Like Mike Williams for this offense just needs to be a deep ball decoy. Just distract that's, all, that's literally all he is. That's all he should be. Yeah. It, which is unfortunate because they wasted a high capital on him, but that's what he is now. I'm sorry. Hunter Henry needs to be your over the middle guy and Keenan Allen just needs to be the guy you feed all the time. And then Austin Eckler be your dump off, dump off option. I mean, that is how this offense works. That is how they will win games. They didn't win this one though, which is kind of surprising um, based on, you know, comparing the two stat lines. Uh, DJ Moore showed up at the, at the end once again. <laughs> yeah. He had a friggin' goose for the first, like, yeah. I don't know, two and a half, three quarters. Yeah. Um, no, I'm not worried about DJ Moore. I, I, I don't know. I, like, I think he's downgraded from what I thought his ceiling could be, like 150 target guy that he was last year, because I think Robbie Anderson is a real thing. I don't think he's going away. I think he is the second option, maybe even the 1B in this offense. So, I mean, Mike Davis had friggin' nine targets in this game too. So that's obviously great if he started Mike Davis hoping, because he got, I mean, he essentially got like 70% of Christian McCaffrey with Mike Davis in this game. Yeah, if, if there is anyone I want to pick up from this team, um, it's Joey Sly. And that's it. Because apparently Bridgewater's just fantastic at getting in a field goal range but can't actually finish. Uh, wow, that reminds me of a lot of quarterbacks uh, in this league. Uh, <laughs> go Sam Darnold. Uh, go Phillip Rivers. Go Ryan Fitzpatrick. Wow, we love him. Mediocre quarterbacks are great. Um, but, yeah, that's what they're going to be. Uh, this, is a good, this is a good defense that they were facing. Um, but, yeah, you look at the – you compare the two stat – those two stat lines and you're like had the Chargers not win by like like two touchdowns like it was a joke but yeah this was a boring game yeah it was a little bit of a slugfest it seemed like and for all of you Curtis Samuel is the lead back like truthers like get out of here like he had four carries for seven yards and looked terrible on him so (laughs) we we hinted at that last week we're like Curtis Samuel's the lead back (laughs) yeah no like get out of here with that shit um okay touchdown what Alvin Kamara touchdown here yeah, unfortunately, yes, Alvin Kamara touchdown. All right, sorry, go ahead. I'm playing in my I'm playing in my home league. I, I lost already. I got smoked by the Colts defense and the fact that everyone on my team shit the bed. Anyway, uh, Detroit Lions get their first win of the season. Shout out Matt Patricia. You get to survive a week. Um, yeah. 26-23 over the Arizona Cardinals. Probably the biggest story in this one was the fact that Kyler Murray just made some shitty decisions with the football. Uh, 270 yards, two touchdowns, and three picks. He probably should have had five, to be honest, uh, from what I saw. It looked like Deron Harmon had one that he dropped. A couple other um, bad, ill-advised throws. I think probably the biggest story in this game, aside from Kyler Murray, is the fact that Kenyon Drake just didn't wasn't that effective on the ground against a defense that had been absolutely run all over. And I thought for sure this is the Kenyon Drake game. Like, Kenyon Drake's going to get right. Um, his by-low window still open. Yeah, um, we'll talk about this because this actually just dropped. Um, actually, no, no, it's the we have a, it, it's in a couple games, so we're we're good. Yes, uh, rip Kenyon Drake. It it sucks because this is just not production. I mean, Edmonds really didn't eat into any of his re- rushing work, and he really didn't eat into any of his receiving work either. He just didn't get any receiving work, which sucks. Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins, ha. Every week I get to take a victory lap on this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah DeAndre, keep taking it because DeAndre Hopkins looked like excellent in this game. And Andy um, Isabella getting the touchdowns is – I think that's what hurts Kenyon Drake is the fact that, like, that was happening. Don't here's, – here's another guy. Don't go pick up Andy Isabella. No. No, no because I think with the, the Cardinals wide receiver two, it's probably going to be a different guy. Every week. It's going to be Fitz one week. It's going to be Kirk one week. It's going to be Andy Isabella one week. Keyshawn Johnson got seven targets for some reason. Yeah, uh, the, the Lions side, I think, man, DeAndre Swift didn't get a single carry in this game. 
Like yeah. I didn't check if he got hurt or something because he only had two targets. I didn't see him get hurt or anything like that, but no, I didn't. I really it, hope I like I that don't mean this like I hope he got hurt for the sake of his workload because I don't know why like Adrian Peterson looked good, don't get me wrong, but man, like he got two touches. It, it threw me off because it was like we figured after week one he was going to be punished, and he wasn't. But then it's like Patricia was like, oh, shoot, I forgot to do that. And we, yeah, and we, delayed punishment. Here. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, I can't figure out Patricia, and I can't figure out the Lions. What I can figure out is Kenny Galladay is bike. Um, he's hitting the tutties. We love that. Um, yeah, there you go. Apparently this team is effective when Kenny Galladay is on the field. We love to see it. Marvin Jones – gonna cry just yeah gonna, he's not real he's not a thing no he's not better when when gala is there he's not if, this I'm was done. a smash spot if he was gonna play well he would have yeah i like I, I'm, I'm done with this this isn't a fun game for me i'm tired of marvin jones quit laughing at me um i'm not playing him anymore tj hawk the hawk god is probably their number two option but their number one option by a landslide is kenny galladay and he's he's definitely back and he's ready to go um he looked good and he he was probably about 80 percent healthy maybe 70 um and he still was putting up a great stat line when he's there and him and Stafford are clicking this team is effective that's what we saw in this game Stafford looked pretty nice too yeah so Swift played eight percent of snaps Uh, not great not great Bob not great I think uh I think he no he's not droppable I wouldn't drop him but maybe try and get rid of him like if someone wants to come buy low on him like yeah, man, like that's not good. Well, we, we, we said get rid of him. You know what? In all honesty, I told a lot of people to get rid of him week one because I knew this was going to happen. And then the fact that he put up a good week two, like you had two chances. You have failed yourself as an owner. Uh, you're stuck with him. You're in hell. Uh, that's, that's big tough. We can jump to the next one, though, because I think we got everything. Yeah, for sure. All right, so Bucks and Broncos, 28-10 to 10 for the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, Tom Brady gets on track, 297 yards and three touchdowns. He looked pretty good in this one. He left a couple plays out on the field. Uh, <laughs> I told you guys, I told you not to do it. I told you this backfield is going to be a pain in the ass. Ronald Jones leads the team in carries, 13 carries, 53 yards, no God. touchdowns. Leonard Fournette, seven carries, 15 yards. Um, LaShawn McCoy, very active on third down as usual. Um, this is a committee guys. Like it's, gonna like I th- I was wrong I know I thought it was gonna be Ronald Jones and then when Leonard Fournette signed I was like oh man maybe I should back up that statement it's you're playing Russian roulette with wh- whoever you start in this game like Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette and it's not you're never gonna know for sure unless one of them gets injured yeah you're spinning the chamber and aiming uh, you're it's it's tough every time you want to play one I've been asked way too many times but should I just start Ronald Jones this week nope okay so I'll start Fournette nope don't do it Waste of your time. This is, this is, I mean, we've seen backfields like this, like every year, there's always one where you're like, there's high expectations and you're like shooting yourself because you do not know who to play. Uh, this is that situation. It is hell. Um, it's just like the Patriots. Everyone wants to compare the, everything the Bucks do to the Patriots because Brady's there. It's just like the Patriots backfield. Now we got yeah. three guys that are good in their own right. They're good at different things and you use them interchangeably. Like none of them are going to be workhorses unless one of Ronald Jones or Leonard Fournette gets injured. So hey. Yeah, and, and to, the also, to the receiving sorry. part, I, I this is probably a big deal for some people, but Mike Evans only catches two balls for two yards, but he scores twice, so he definitely saved your fantasy day in terms of uh, um, like his scoring and whatnot. Scotty Miller had a big reception like down the field, so I mean he's not startable. He's like probably the best play, and then no, no. After last week, no, no. Scotty Miller's out the door. I don't care. This sucks. Uh, it. All the people that are like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be fantasy heaven. <laughs> gotcha. Um, no, it isn't. <laughs> it's actually really rough for you. Um, Gronk had – I mean, literally after last week where, we're like, where Gronk was like, dude, I'm just here to block. He puts up like six receptions. Like, what yeah, is- I had a feeling that was going to happen because they just were like, oh, yeah, he's going to block now. Like, I don't know. But uh, another thing that's worth noting is that uh, Chris Godwin went down in this game. Um, towards the end with like a hamstring injury, it looked like. So that's something to monitor, I would say. Chris Godwin looked every bit like Chris Godwin for the first three quarters before he got injured. So hopefully he gets back to uh, full strength and whatnot. But uh, yeah, to the Broncos side, a pretty disappointing game. And I mean, again, I'm going to take 
I'm going to take more victory laps every time I say, believe it. This is a top five defense, Tampa Bay Bucks. Like, you don't want to fuck with them at all because Jeff Driscoll got benched because he was so bad in this game. Uh, Melvin Gordon, absolutely nothing on the ground for him. Jerry Judy had, uh, like, one long reception. Same goes for, like, Tim Patrick had, like, a a nice play on the goal line and shit. Uh, Noah Fant had 10 targets. Uh, Like, the targets are going to be there for guys like Fant and Judy. KJ Hamler was, like, a deep league, like, flex option if you were like in a desperate situation but he didn't really do well either uh i think better days are ahead for the broncos this is a good defense and i don't expect many people to perform well against them yeah you're right better days are uh, ahead for the broncos when triscoll and rippon are not their options uh when drew locks back that's when you can start playing denver players again it's even going to be like this against rough teams i know the bucks are good and we can credit them all we want this is just a not not a good situation whatsoever the only other, the only thing I would say is like, okay, you could scrap it to the defense was the rushing game. Uh, Melvin was not going to have a good game this week, which sucks. I was forced to play him in a, in a league where I just, I didn't have depth. Um, and I kind of saw something is happening, something like this happening. I was hoping I get a touchdown, but nope. Uh, it's a very, very bad situation until Drew locks back. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's rough. And, and yeah, we'll credit the Bucks for the rushing, but the passing game is, is all because they just don't have a quarterback right now. Yeah. Um, okay, so we can get off this game. It wasn't overly exciting, to be honest, even though I'm a Bucks fan. I didn't really enjoy watching that game because it was kind of just a one-sided affair. So on to the next game, uh, and this is the one that was kind of closing out as we started recording this, Seattle Seahawks 31, Dallas Cowboys 30, or sorry, 38-31 for the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Russell Wilson, like what can you say about him? 27 attempts or sorry 40 attempts 27 completions 315 five touchdowns should have been six if you ask dk metcalf yeah not great not great by dk metcalf for the record he had a great game he had a great stat line eight targets four receptions 110 yards and a touchdown he should have had two touchdowns he literally kind of jaunted to the end zone as he caught like a deep ball over uh, trevon diggs and he kind of punched it out and went back to the end zone for a touchdown or touchback. And then uh, Tyler Lockett also had a pretty explosive game. If you ask me three touchdowns in the first half, nine receptions and a hundred yards, uh, not too shabby for him. And that's, that's the tough thing is this game really didn't need to come down to the end, but it did. Uh, Cause DK really could have gotten in the end zone. Come on, bud, uh, figure it out. You're not a rookie anymore. I'll tell you what I'll take from this um, outside of the fact that like, yeah, there's, there's clear two startable options is the rushing game wasn't clicking too much. And at Carson end, also got hurt. We saw Carson go down at the end. Yeah. And there was an alert and I, I said, I'd save it for now. Um, it's a, uh, a knee sprain. Pete uh, Carroll uh, did not specify the severity of the injury. That is a report uh, from Seattle. So it's not probably an MCL sprain of some kind. It'd probably be like a two to four week injury. If I had to guess that's maybe it's less than that. I don't think it's like an ACL tear or anything like super serious. Um, but if he's out two games, then Carlos Hyde's a, a guy you can pick up and probably start flex kind of guy, but I'm not blowing $50 of fab on him either. What, what you should be happy about and giddy about is the fact that receiving work's just going to get more receiving work. Uh, Greg Olson. Yeah. Tight ends apparently work in the system. We learned it last year. We should have learned it this year. We should have learned that Greg Olson's legit. Uh, not, not that like he's legit, just the system and how it falls to tight ends occasionally is nice. Um, this is good. I think this is a good situation uh, in all seriousness. I think the pass works going to go up this uh, next upcoming week, just solely based on the fact that Carson's out and, you know, there's really no sexy, attractive second option um, on the Cowboys end of it. Dak had to do everything. Uh, and when he has to do everything, he has to throw two picks in, in the process. Zeke was shut down. This is how you beat them. This is how you do it. It sucks because you're going to probably give up a good amount of points, forcing Dak to do everything. But if you can shut down Zeke, 14 for 34 yards uh, on the ground, you did it. And you're going to win games. And this is what the Seahawks did here. And, yeah, Dak is all over the place, but he's being forced to make bad plays. You saw at the very end of this game, if you watched it, you saw Dak do a pick because he's being forced to make bad plays. Uh, good job for Seattle. Sure, they gave up 31 points, but you're forcing the ball out of uh, to go through Dak and not through Zeke. I think Zeke's how you beat. You beat teams uh, through his hard running and is just destroying other people and wearing down defenses. If you make make Dak do the work, that's what's that's what you're gonna end up winning. It's just it's just how it is. Yeah. Good team, at least. And Falcons. Oof. 
probably the most hilarious thing of this game of this entire slate of games is the fact that everyone's like, Oh man, fire up Michael Gallup, fire up Amari Cooper, fire up CD lamb. And Cedric freaking Wilson gets seven targets, five receptions, 107 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. People who started Amari Cooper, people, I mean, like they had good games, nine receptions for 86 yards, six, uh, five receptions for 65 yards for CD lamb. But people who started those guys, are like pulling their hair out, being like, why is Cedric Wilson catching touchdowns and not Amari Cooper or CeeDee Lamb? Because Michael Gallup definitely came through in this game. If you started Michael Gallup, he had a great game. Dalton Schultz had an okay game for like a streaming tight end as well. But I mean, for whatever reason, Cedric Wilson just came out of the woodworks and stole some uh, some big plays from these guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cedric Wilson, what a guy. I mean, what a guy. Um I think this is something that we need to know. There is no week four buys. Um, sometimes there is. Uh, so I will just go ahead and announce that while I was thinking. Yeah, we have week 13 buys instead. Yeah, yeah it's it's fun. The There's Bucks some... and uh, Panthers, I believe, are on. Oh, buys. But yeah, the Bucks get a week 13 one. Um, but yeah, no, it was just all passing. Uh, that's that's what it was. Um, I feel like that's just what Dallas is going to be now. They're just going to be a shootout team, uh, which sucks for Zeke owners. Um, yeah, he's going to get touchdowns. But unless you're playing a bad team, I don't know how much work Zeke's going to actually get because they're just going to be in shootouts. The defense doesn't look great. Um, all I've been told is special teams, but all we have been saying is that the defense is going to cause issues like this where they're forced to come back all the time and, and scrape from behind and throw the ball a lot. And the Falcons bailed them out last week, but this is a team that should be 0-3. Yeah, yeah, definitely should, especially the way they played in the first half against the Falcons. Um, the Seahawks might win 14 games. If you ask me, like, like, I don't think there's a team like they've played good teams so far. Like they played the Patriots, they played like the Cowboys are pretty good team. And who did they play in week? Oh, they played the Falcons. They're not a good team, but man, like, I don't know many teams that can hang with these guys. Like this is a freaking like the Russ is playing out of his mind. The defense looks improved. Like imagine (laughs) if they still had Jadavian Clowney, like they could have had him too. They could have just kept him. And you want to talk about a couple bye weeks upcoming. They get three straight by four. Well, three. Well, they get three straight bye weeks in a row. They get Miami in week four. It was like, fun, Patrick. Boom, like fire up the Seahawks again. Yeah, it, they get my uh, Minnesota in week five. Boom, yeah. fire them up again. And then enjoy your actual physical bye week in week six uh, before you kind of get a tougher slate. The back end of the schedule a little bit more rough. They get Arizona, San Francisco, Buffalo, Rams, Arizona again. You know, they start getting into harder. Play the Chiefs or Ravens this year? Uh, they do not. Like they might, they might win sixteen games. Like I'm not even kidding. Like who's gonna beat them in the NFC? They're and, the best and, team in the NFC right now. I, can I just go ahead and say that maybe, maybe we should be trading for some of these receivers in Seattle? I mean, their playoffs yeah. is not fantastic, but they're playing fantastic. I mean, they got the Giants in Week 13, great. You're gonna win Week 14's the Jets, great. But then you know it's Washington and the Rams in the the two core playoff weeks. I don't know if it matters. This is a team that may be bucking that system and DK and, and Lockett could legit just be ridiculous. Yeah. Like if you, you want to buy high on these guys, go ahead. But I don't think the, the owner, the current owners of these guys are going to sell you them. Like, to be honest, like I like you're, you want to give them Allen Robinson for DK Metcalf. Like, I don't think they're going to take it. Yeah. One's attached to Nick Foles and slash Mitch Trubisky. And one's attached to Russell Wilson. Like it's just, it makes everything so easy. And this is a general rule of fantasy. Yes, it's fun to get cute with numbers and be like, this guy's going to get this many targets and this guy's going to have this much involvement in the red zone. But the bottom line is fantasy football doesn't have to be hard sometimes. You pick good players and good offenses attached to good quarterbacks if you're a receiver or a running back or a tight end. Which, I mean, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, guys that we've seen go off this, this season, like Calvin Ridley, like good, good receiver, good quarterback, good passing offense. Like, Good receiver, good quarterback, good passing offense for DK Metcalf. Like it's, it's sometimes it's just really easy, and we get a little bit caught up by going like, oh, a guy like, for example, DJ Moore. DJ Moore is not exactly in a great passing offense, but he projected to get a lot of targets at the time, so we kind of gas him up and get a little bit more ahead of ourselves. So, a thing that I'm definitely going to be taking away this year and every year is sometimes fantasy football isn't hard. Just pick good players, touch the good quarterbacks. Yeah, truth. Yeah. So, yeah. Good. All right, so I hope you guys enjoyed your Sunday of football. Hope you didn't lose all your money on bets like I did. Hopefully you won your fantasy matchups as well. I did not. Um, And uh, hopefully you enjoy tomorrow's game. Hopefully I will do that, uh, be one for three on the week because tomorrow's game is going to be, or I guess it'd be today's game, not tomorrow's game. 
Yeah. The Chiefs and Ravens should be one of the best games of the year. So uh, buckle up for that. Should be plenty of fantasy options and probably a lot of fantasy matchups this week, unlike any other week so far this season, are going to come down to Monday Night Football, which I always find awesome when you're like, oh man, I need like 22 points out of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going into Monday Night Football. You think I got a chance? Like I love kind of situations like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you guys enjoyed this video, make sure you guys hit the button that looks like this. Comment any of your thoughts down below. Just comment anything down below, to be honest. It helps the YouTube algorithm, whatever you say. Just say you enjoyed the video. Say you didn't enjoy the video. I don't really care. Helps us regardless. Uh, subscribe to the channel if you're new. Hit the bell icon so that you're notified anytime we post videos or anytime we go live. Um, take it easy, guys, and enjoy your Monday. Yep.